Welcome to Probably Science, our weekly look at the world of science news through the eyes of a group of comedians who don't necessarily know much about the world of science news. I'm Matt Kirshen, and sat next to me on the table is Brooks Whelan. I'm a scientist, so fuck you. I Brooks know is a proper scientist. He's science. a, he works as a technician in a lab, in a real lab. Not a technician, so- engineer. Engineer. He works as an engineer in a science Big lab. Big difference. And that was the voice of Andy Wood. I've got a degree in engineering. I just haven't used it for six years. Yep. So I've got a degree in math, and I haven't used it ever. And that's you know that's the point of the show. So that, like we have we have more expertise in these matters than the average comedian, less than the average paid engineer person who knows what they're actually yeah, talking yeah. about. And joining us uh, this week as our special guest, we got Mr. Blaine Kapach. Hello, hey thank Blaine, you for joining us, Blaine. Thanks, for listeners. Ha- may- th- thank you for having me. I'm a I'm a doctor, by the way. <laughs> We should, we should mention where <laughs> listeners may know you from uh, programs such as Beat the Geeks, which you hosted. I was a big fan of that. <laughs> yes, they, they, might. <laughs> they might. Or uh, you, you were a writer for Mad TV. I you, was. Uh, part of the Comedians of Comedy I was. tour. A very funny comedian and, and, and host and writer of many funny things. And oh, thanks. We're glad to have you here. We, uh, Matt, you, forgot to mention, I, you forgot to mention Blue Collar TV. Blue Collar it's TV. No big deal. You forgot to mention My, my Dementia. Dementia. It's no big deal. You forgot to mention uh, uh, Jamie Kennedy experiment. Jamie Kennedy it's no, experiment? It's Did no you actually write for one of those? <laughs> no, I'm, just gonna, I'm just going to go down my IMDb believe, and act did, like a complete complete. Did thing. I not? Did I not? Did I? Or did I not see your lips in some sort of blue screen thing on? Uh, I believe it was Web TV. Oh, that's because you, you didn't mention Big Soup, but uh, Web Soup. It's no big deal. Web Soup. What did I say? Web TV is not a show. <laughs> that's a platform. <laughs> that's a, Philips Web TV. Remember that thing they would sell you? That you, you, saw, you, sh- you saw me on Charlotte's Web. I was yes. I was some pig. <laughs> Uh, and also, Some and pig. also, host um, regular host of Lucha Vavum. Oh yes, and commentator on the roller derby. Yeah, or, or oh yeah, that. derby as you'd call. It. Oh, I got Did really you say roller we, derby, we, <laughs> like Thomas Trent, and, uh, <laughs> like exactly. a, uh, roller derby Gillis yeah, and the little people. Yeah. I got that was really one of my favorite thing next to uh, uh, Pete's uh, dragons. Ooh, <laughs> when it, it was still TNT instead of Spike, and they had roller derby, like it, they were like trying to get it back. I thought that I was like, this is where I got it. You, got, I got this. I got this. <laughs> yeah, and I would just fly around my neighborhood in roller skates as like a fourteen-year-old maybe gay kid. <laughs> Just be Wait, like, did you I say roller this. skates or roller blades? Roller blades. Roller blades. Okay. We got to get that Christy McNichol off TV. Look what she's doing to the neighborhood kids. I can't tell who's what and what's who anymore. Uh, I like. I seriously would record. I'd take our big giant uh, recorder that you put a, v- a full VHS and set it on the ground and then just scream by it on my roller blades. Ah. And then I'd be like, I'll, I'll speed that up a little bit in post, send it in at TNT, and they'll go, we got to get this kid on here. He's faster than light. Yeah. <laughs> what a Wheels great flash. idea to audition to, to, to try out for any kind of speed related thing. <laughs> just speed up the tape. I'm going to make the track team this way. I'm just going to yeah, send them exactly. a tape of me we running could, at Benny Hill speeds. They're going to be like, how could that guy do that? We got some kid who can do 400 meters in a second. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, it's weird how uh, slow motion looks faster than fast motion. If you show somebody in slow motion, they look like they're moving oh, faster. Right. Oh, yeah. If you show them in fast motion, it looks ridiculous. <laughs> show them regular speed, it's like, oh, they're running. But if you show somebody in slow motion, I learned it because if you watch, uh, I, was, I was a huge $6 million man fan. It was, I was in fourth grade or whatever. And it was uh, uh, on the pilot, which was the TV movie, he wasn't in slow motion. He would, they would speed him up. 
to make him like, and he would jump into a door and it looked ridiculous. Okay. And then when the series got picked up, they put it in slow motion and he looked like a badass that was coming to bionically fuck with you. That totally makes sense. I forgot how that show worked. Would they have other people who were acting around him actually move more slowly so even in slow motion he is going faster than they are or would they never have another person just, in the shot with they him? would they would uh, uh they would have him locked off in his own shot when he was okay. doing his bionic stuff because he would rarely want people to see that he was bionic it was kind oh. of a secret oh, okay. he was a secret agent yeah. see i also forgot the fact that he was not the million dollar man as i mentioned a few episodes <laughs> back that's Ted DiBiase, the wrestler. Ted DiBiase, six who, million dollar man, who is was, Steve Austin, who was also a wrestler, and that's a little mind. I watched it yeah. two and a half hours. Stone hour. Cold Steve yeah. Austin, and then yeah. there's a, a fat one called Cold Stone Steve. Austin. <laughs> I watched a two and a half hour documentary on Stone Cold yesterday. Sorry, some good stuff, guys. And uh, and delicious. They mix it oh, in yeah. right before right. you. I, I get I get pistachio and French vanilla. <laughs> Why is it better to have the ingredients mixed there? Like, that's such a crazy... Because they can, hey, check out all the germs we can scrape into your... Uh... <laughs> so he makes it live in front of... No, 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 that's live not, cultures. That's, it's yogurt. That's still not cooking any more than the McDonald's chefs are cooking by just exactly. assembling no, it's not. layers of it's shit. Not they put a tip jar right next to the Ronald McDonald thing on the oh, McDonald's choices, registers. choices. Yeah. How do you... Yeah, it's like Coldstone. Do you like your gummy bears hard and teeth hurting? <laughs> Because we'll mix it in for you. You know, gummy bears and ice cream. Do you want your gum to turn into teeth-shattering brick? <laughs> they're, they're like gummish bears. Yeah, exactly. Formerly gummy. Artists formerly known as gummy bears. So, uh, actually, that, that slow motion thing reminds me of the fact that I, I only, in the last few years, saw the, the trick they used to get um, sped up, I'm sorry, slowed down music videos where they're still singing in time with the music. Oh, yeah. You know how they do that? They, they speed up the music. So, I'd love to see the documentary footage of of Mariah Carey on her moped singing super fast to this song that she's going to have to slow that down has to be later. That someone's got that footage. Right, yeah, which just looks ridiculous. That that looks cool afterwards because they've slowed it down so the song's at the right speed, but she's moving all slow. All right, well, we, have, we ask each guest, do you have any science background? Yes, well, like I said, I'm a doctor. Okay. Uh, I wrote, Doctor of thugonomics. Uh, I, uh, I wrote some... Uh, Original series Battlestar Galactica, Buck Rogers in the 25th Century crossover fan fiction when I was Ooh. a kid. Okay. Uh, and uh, and I can, I'm a champion speller. Are you, you really a good speller? I'm a very good speller. Made the States in Pennsylvania a couple times. Really? Wow. Did you, have you seen Spellbound, that documentary? Nah, I don't like the shit where I work. Oh. Because <laughs> that, that... Who needs it? I don't like to watch other spellers. It takes me away from the game, you know? I don't want to get influenced, think I maybe heard something before. That's how I would spell quiescence, but uh, I'm going to take it in a different direction. More of a, more of a jazz speller. But they don't have a lot of jazz bees. Do you actually remember any words that you either did very well on or lost competition? I on? lost on uh, I lost on quiescence, which, which means, is why I referenced it. What does it that sounds mean? like a joke, but it's a very painful memory for me. Is that, what does that mean? Is that like is that related to the word acquiescence? Is yeah, that yes? It's uh, quiescence is a state of, of acquiescence. We just had oh. to start restart the podcast. Blaine cried for about a half hour there, and we stopped everything. <laughs> you guys are great. Thanks for helping me through that. <laughs> was there? Was I'm there? Sorry, it's the bike in the talk. <laughs> was oh there my one? God, I need a lewd. <laughs> uh, so, what's quiescence mean? Uh, it's a, it's a state of acquiescence. Oh, okay. Was there one part of the word that was spelled in a non-intuitive way? 
I, I, uh, I, I overthought it. Instead of going with my instinct, I went with my unstinct, and it kind of fucked me up. Does it end in S-C-E-N-T? Q-U-I-E-S-C-E-N-C-E, quiescent. You gotta spell, oh, since. You gotta uh, spell from the gut, man. You gotta spell from the gut. Yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta spell to the back of the room. <laughs> I was thinking, and, I, and you've gotta spell them all in, your, in, in their underwear, too. That helps. <laughs> I was thinking the other day, I really was, th- like, 20 minutes, like, what grade could I currently win a spelling bee in as a 25-year-old? Could I go and, and actually be like, I'm gonna win this? I think it might be third grade. <laughs> yeah, well, you they're know, smart kids. I don't know. They have the internet now, and they have to learn how to spell stuff on the internet, or they go to porn sites. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I see yeah, it. quiescence with a U is a... <laughs> yeah. I, and then I quiescenced all over her tits. <laughs> Uh, and the other word I lost to uh, was couture, like as in French couture, like as in fashion, C-O-U-T-U-R-E, couture. How did you spell it, C-O-T? Uh, you know, I think I, I, uh, I think I threw a C-H in there. I was, uh, yeah, I got a little. How, what age is all this going down at? I was like four years oh. ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I was like 38. <laughs> no, see, in that this case. Was, uh, this, was, uh, this, was, this, was, this was 79, 78, 79, 80. 81, those were good, those were good spelling years. Those yeah, were top notch. So, but in that case, that, before that, it got all corporate, that word isn't even an English origin. I mean, I guess it was French. They told me it was French, right? But I mean, how are you, you're relying on the pronunciation being correct from the from the guy who was? Yeah, you know, I I, I contested it for a while, and it went to the went to really? the went to the state supreme court, <laughs> and uh, uh, and I settled with punitive damages. I think I got like six hundred and seventeen thousand dollars. <laughs> And then they uh, they plea bargained that down because of the state. Thanks, Pennsylvania. Ugh. Uh, and then uh, I, I ended up seeing probably like four forty, and then with with lawyer shit. And then the got it cost me my marriage. So it was by the time I got out of it, it cost me like thirty five thousand dollars. The worst spelling bee of of my of of my my seventh grade. That makes sense. I I read today. Uh, this is news. This this uh, like UC student in San Diego uh, got caught in a raid, like a drug raid, and he was just smoking weed at his friend's house on 420. And they handcuffed him and put him in this holding cell and forgot about him for four days. Oh yeah. And he he drank his own pee. He tried to commit suicide. He said he found a packet of white powder and was so hungry he ate it and it was meth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, at least that would have got so rid of the hunger was, for a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> Not going anywhere for a while. Yeah. Like, why was there just meth in the cat? That's what I don't know. Either. I'm like, oh, this sounds terrible. Then he sort of lemons into lemonade. It really is. That is could oh. be a pixie stick. I'm going for it. Might be sugar in the raw. It just happened. That's so good when they give it to you at Mel's. <laughs> Right. No, but I, I wanted to, real quick. I was also a person that thought of myself as a good speller, but was quickly, uh, um, what's the word for it? Removed of that. Uh, there's a word for being. Um, what, when when uh, uh, when, a, when, a, when, a, when a thought is erased from your brain, there's a I good can word see why that. maybe you weren't such you a know great what? speller. Yeah, my vocabulary not so hot Shit right can't. now. No, anyhow, so I was I was uh, taught I was taught that that was not actually a correct thing when I was in a fifth grade spelling bee. And I lost on a word that I spelled so quickly and then cockily walked off stage. I almost didn't hear them say that's incorrect. <laughs> you spiked that, the mic. And that word, K-A-T, motherfucker. <laughs> that word, ironically, is ingenious. Uh, <laughs> Not spelled like genius with an I-N in front of it, as it turns yeah. out. Um, There's an O in there. There's an O in ingenious. We had a geography B, and I remember getting real cocky, like, oh, this is my fucking jam right here, because I like maps a whole bunch. And then, like, immediately... It was like, what's the state capital of that? I'm like, that's not on a map. Like, I was, 
I like got it wrong so quickly. It was really sad. But I am still a stickler for spelling. Like I do think that I, I, S-T-I-C-K-L-E-R stickler. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, all right. You want to go on our first topic for science? No, I want to keep talking about spelling, but go ahead. Well, we're going to talk about, we're gonna <laughs> talk about uh, super volcanoes right now. Spelled T-H-U-P-E-R. I can't do <laughs> That's the last spelling joke that I will partake in. Um, so all it's saying is, so the Yellowstone super volcano uh, that erupted, I think it was two million years ago. That sounds about, I remember because I was living, yeah, that's where it was. Yeah, yeah. It's two million years ago. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, it's the fourth largest eruption in history that uh, science can, like, uncover. Um, and it turns out that what they thought was one eruption turned out to be two massive eruptions that occurred 6,000 years apart. And it created the uh, Huckleberry Ridge deposit, which goes from Texas up to Canada. Um, and so what happened was... Does not a Huckleberry Ridge deposit just sound like a really weird term for a skid mark? <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Uh, you might want to give it a couple minutes. There's a Huckleberry Ridge uh, deposit in there. Or it's like Your a, holiness. Or it sounds like a British roots band that's trying a little bit too hard to be like yeah. an Americana sort of thing. Like, that's true. Yeah. You guys are from Liverpool. Good like, evening, guys. Okay, but there, there are... I got a little uh, some Huckleberries going. I was on the bus for four hours. <laughs> so there are, there, are a, there are 12 super volcanoes in the world that are capable of spewing up to 1,000 times more magma and ash than any eruption ever recorded in human history. And one of these super volcanoes is the Yellowstone one, and its uh, eruptions two million years ago, the first one erupted uh, 70 cubic miles of ash, and then the second one erupted um, 530 cubic miles of ash. So in comparison, the St. Helens explosion in 1980 did a quarter of a cubic mile. So it was 2,000 times more powerful. 2,000 Mount St. Helens is, was what Yellowstone was back in the day. I yeah. mean, well, to put it into perspective, uh, it was 400,000 times more powerful than B. Arthur going off at that waiter at Musso and Frank's that time. <laughs> <laughs> and that thing, remember? I mean, that the whole block went down. <laughs> you could like see people, sh- people felt it in, on Catalina. <laughs> you, you could see the rage cloud up in the hills, and uh, and of course, everybody in Venice frozen in time. <laughs> it's great. It's, you go through, you get the dead bodies out, you get a cast, get your picture in the cast. It's really cool. They measure it. It's a they, shame they died, but you know, hey, they do measure the B. Arthur eruptions based on half life decay. Of potassium, <laughs> and then there's potassium. We got half as much of it. Uh, so yeah, so that volcano happened. We'll go. Blaine, uh, well, favorite. First vol- of all, I want to talk about Yellowstone because it's an amazing place. Have you guys all been to Yellowstone? Before? I have been to. Yeah, Brian Posehn and I did a gig there for this for the the, the camp staff. Really? really? Yeah. When was, was that? Park staff. That was back in the '90s, like back in '94, '95, I guess. Sounds awesome. We were still living in San Francisco. We drove out. He had just bought a new Honda Honda Accord. How did you get booked on that gig? Uh, Are they still booking? We, <laughs> Listen, yeah, it was, it's a triple gig. No, we were the uh, we were the third callers. <laughs> Wait, have you done? Uh, you 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 came up in? Well, you were from the D.C. area originally. Is that right or no? Where are you from? No, I started comedy and I grew up in Pennsylvania, but I started comedy in Baltimore in 1985. Okay, and then you because you and Patton were contemporaries in that area, or was it only yeah. moved to San Francisco? Well, that you DC, were... D.C. was an hour away, so you could do clubs in Baltimore and D.C. in the same week, and and. 
Patton started at Garvin's in D.C. I was hosting that open mic night. Oh, okay. We, he was like, you do a Harlan Ellison joke. I was like, you do that <laughs> cancer, oh, the cervix joke. <laughs> we were instant friends. He was yeah. so always so funny. But uh, And you guys, yeah, were, and, you and were then, in San Francisco at the same time then? Yeah, I moved out to San Francisco in 92, and he was like, yeah, I'm, there's nothing going on. It was like we moved out when all the clubs were closing up. It was like Indiana Jones grabbing his hat. <laughs> God, let's get the fuck out of here. It was... And then uh, we were in we were in San Francisco ninety two to ninety five, and then we got we both got hired on the pilot for Mad TV, uh, and that moved us down here, and then it got okay. picked up somehow, and it was uh, it was very very fortunate. So in those three years in San Francisco, were you ever doing actual triple runs? Did you do? Oh, did, uh, you just know what those are? Because I, I came up in, in Portland, so that's you know the oh Northwest. you know I, don't, I know I, I don't think I ever did a triple gig. Uh, uh, we did Messier gigs, and then it was like Tom Sobel caravans through the Midwest, and then Sharon Rerick. Okay. Through the uh, uh, through the Midwest. For the listeners, these are these are bookers. Of these are horrible one-night. comedy bookers of twentieth century bad one nighter comedy bookers. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, how long did you write for Mad TV? How many years? Uh, the pilot and the first four. Cool. I w- and then I left and go to the uh, the Martin Short show. You didn't mention that, but it's cool. Oh, nice. Uh, I love cats. Hi, kitty. <laughs> that's that's White Boy. His name is literally White Boy. Hey, White that's Boy. Our cat, White Boy. He picked Play that funky music later, would you? Uh, and at Bridgetown, there was like a roast show, and somebody had the joke. I forget who it was. Might have been Jay Larson. It was remember. the roast of Dwight Slade. You know Dwight Slade? I do know Dwight Slade. I do not. No, it was a roast show of a bunch of people, and somebody I was said. Talking about about oh, no, I'm sorry. After, I thought you were talking, I was talking about, about him this afternoon. There were two actually. different roasts so at Bridgetown. I'm sorry. You no, meant roast the I, week. I'm talking okay. about they yeah. made fun. They uh, they said to Matt Bronger, "I want to thank Matt Bronger for getting Mad TV canceled." <laughs> <laughs> it is his fault because he got hired in the, the last year. Season. Like, we don't want this anymore. Poor Matt. You know, Will Sasso was really funny on that show. There were some really funny people. Dave, Her- Dave Herman. There's some it's, super funny Will people Sasso on that show. Will Sasso was awesome. He was Will Sasso is in uh, Happy Pat Gilmore. Gilbank. Is he? Yeah, he's in Happy oh, yeah, Gilmore. Yeah, yeah, right. he, he hits the golf club. Really? I don't remember Yeah, that. he's one of the movers at, at, that they're like out there swinging when he comes oh, out. Oh, I didn't and, know that was him. Oh. Yeah, he says, I tell you what, you hit a ball past my ball, we'll move all this stuff. <laughs> Oh, that's right. I was yeah. He's, I, I, he's I, my favorite volcano, by the way. Will Sasson. Oh, there we go. Uh, Sorry. So, yeah. Anyway, Yellowstone. I was just gonna. The only reason I brought it up is I have family that live right outside of there, so I go to. Are they bears? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know those guys. I'm a big fan of Yellowstone. I'm always talking it out to people that haven't been there because it really is like you're visiting another planet. Like things that shouldn't exist on this planet are happening there. It's. Can I t- the the thing that was really weird? Brian and I had never been there. Posehn and I drive in. It, it was uh, the middle of the night. I think we got there at midnight or one o'clock in the morning or something. And they we were staying in these cabins, and uh, uh, we go and we're smoking pot. Everything we can't see. It's pitch black outside. And uh, the next morning we walk out, <laughs> open the door, and there's goddamn half dome right in front of us. Like we hadn't seen it. It was too dark. But there's this incredible, like Wait, one of the most beautiful Yosemite, things on Yosemite. earth. Yosemite. <laughs> Yeah, or, or whatever the fuck it was. It was the, the the huge. I'm thinking of Australia, the thing in all the midnight oil videos. Oh, you're thinking of, uh, uh, but it was Irish this huge. Rock. Oh, the lead singer of Midnight Oil. Yes, Peter Garrett was yeah. right in front of the place. He's huge, <laughs> but it's this huge. You know, Yellowstone. It's or uh, Yosemite. It's the fucking huge. There's a big sheet of whatever half, it is. That is half dome. Okay, so we're talking about Yosemite. Okay, in California. Yeah. Oh, are you talking about Yellowstone? Yellowstone, Yellowstone. in Wyoming. Oh, Montana. you lose you I'm lose sorry. my interest after why I have ADD. <laughs> 
Yosemite. I have AD. Yosemite is also incredible. I fucking love Yosemite. Yeah, Yosemite was cool. Yeah. So okay, I'm sorry. One of them is one of them is impresses I you with its corrected. majesty and with its vastness, and one impresses you with the crazy things that are going on that shouldn't happen on Earth. Like Yellowstone is all about weird colors and water shooting out of geothermal the Earth. stuff. And yeah, just I mean, because the whole thing is a super volcano. Like that, that my. My theory is it's that... A, it's like a regular volcano with guacamole and sour cream. <laughs> <laughs> and could, we'll be right back. And you can put chicken or beef on it. Uh, or new carnitas. Would you like to try some, or do you just want to get some... I'll just have the cheesecake bites, and our forest singer wants to get it. <laughs> you just ruined everything. That's all ruined. Ruined it all the way to the bank. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, no, but anyhow... The reason I, I brought that up was that uh, Yellowstone, I think we should stop caring about anything else that could be an extinction event because Yellowstone is the most likely thing to end civilization. Like when that thing blows again, it's going to be the end of all life on Earth because right. the entire thing is a massive smoldering. And the only thing standing between us and that is a cartoon bear. Exactly, yeah. Why, just give him Again. a picnic basket. Why won't you just let him have some sandwiches? He likes... He can talk. Why isn't he on Conan? Yeah. <laughs> God, I think what, you, you, couldn't get, you couldn't get that thing off TV if it could talk. <laughs> Talking bear, holy shit. Favorite... Okay. My joke came true. Uh, favorite majestic area to visit, Matt. It can be anywhere. It doesn't have to be a national park. Does underwater count? Yeah. Underwater. Okay, that's great. Coral reef. Favorite favorite national park you said? No, favorite, favorite any favorite, favorite like natural natural thing. phenomenon. Yellowstone. Yellowstone's incredible. Right, you gotta go. Uh, I rather like the uh, redwood forest. Oh, there we go. That's pretty nice. Which is and, big, uh, big trees. That's all it takes for you. I like anything. I like uh, <laughs> I like I like coastline. I like uh, crazy tropical blue uh, lagoon type stuff. I do. I like Crystal Cove uh, in between Newport Beach and Laguna Beach a whole bunch. Like Newport and Laguna. Sincerely, when I moved out here, that's when I I visited that and saw like a shit ton of dolphins. I'd never seen the ocean before and was like, this is amazing. California's great. What's What's unique about that area? That's just the place I don't think there's like anything that unique. It's just like I have like a good memory. Uh, it's a ton of tide pools, so you see like a lot oh, of uh, yeah, like yeah. Malaga Cove type stuff. I think so i don't know you'll see a yeah. lot of starfish and urchins and stuff if you go down through uh like if you just follow the coast down through redondo beach and out onto palos verdes there's a lighthouse and stuff oh but yeah i really, used to drive up there all the time yeah super cool coves and it's really it's a nice head clearing drive really beautiful yeah i used to live in long beach and i would drive up to that lighthouse and i drove up to the lighthouse it's open for three hours every fifth sunday of the month so, so like, please no massive <laughs> freighters crashing into the rocks right. <laughs> during those off hours it's just a, time your vest Vessels coming through here. Yeah. Oh, great. We have an Italian cruise ship coming through. Is this on? <laughs> have you ever done stand-up on a cruise ship? Have you ever done- No, I have not. All right. Matt, have you? I feel like you might have one. No, I, I, I got kind of semi-booked for one, and then the date didn't come through. I, like, I, I accidentally found myself in a showcase for Disney cruise ships. Oh, nice. You know, somebody else... And do you came- have to work clean for that? No, I think... <laughs> 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 that was really funny. I think, you know, the, you're the daytime show, but I think in the adult you can go, like, you know, oh, Disney yeah. After Dark. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I want you to come on my tits. Yeah. Oh. I think, I'm I doing think, too many come on my tits jokes tonight. <laughs> I think you can drop, you know, you can drop the gosh bomb. Yeah, I mean, how many, <laughs> plus, like, how you many tits do my Throw in a few darns. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was on a show a few months ago with somebody who was like, I, I, I'm trying to nail down a, a, a cruise showcase set. And I'm like, what? Right, no. Mm-hmm. You, you don't want to do what, well in What's that? that? Do you have a passport? Yeah. Yeah. A exactly. Disney cruise, though, was the first place I ever saw stand-up comedy. 
Really? really? Wow. Yeah, I always tell. Like, I always, who like, was it? I don't know. I don't remember oh, who it was. You should know. I, I was aged. I was aged. Robert I, I, Klein. <laughs> <laughs> Opening for David Steinberg. They would flip headlines every night. And, Working out some new stuff. I, I wish there's a way of finding out. I was eight. I was eight years old. All I know is, all I know is, he had one bit that was that was hilarious to an eight year old and, the, and his family about how, as being a dad, you can't just buy one Barbie doll for your kid. You got to buy all the accessories. And uh, that was how you can. And and you know, Barbie needs a friend, and the friend needs to live in a house. And that was basically. You can see how the bit played out. You can. You got was, the building blocks of that walk bit. Walk us through it. Walk that's us through o- it some more. <laughs> that's the only bits I remember. But that was age eight. The first stand-up comedian I ever saw live was on a Disney cruise ship on a family trip. Uh, I think the first I saw was at an insurance convention when the Smothers Brothers performed. I was 10 years old, which is oh, pretty... Yeah. Like, that's Why a- were you at an insurance convention age 10? I was top seller in the Midwest region, <laughs> so of course they're going to give me a cop <laughs> ticket. Like, what do you... I was good. I was good at what I did. Who it was? It was the Smothers Brothers. It was literally the Smothers. And I think it was one of those things. My That's parents, a good score for your first. Well, it is, but it's more impressive than it. I mean, I don't remember anything about the show. I just remember my parents talking to me about how important this was and how significant they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all I knew was I was a big yo. Like I was a. I was really good at yo-yoing and origami for a few years, like oh. eight, eight to ten. I was oh, good. I, I was, remember you. Yeah, yeah you okay. know, you know, you know. And uh, so Tommy or Dick, whichever one's the dumb one, uh, he also had the alter ego of Tommy. the yo-yo man, Tommy. So yo, and so I was a big fan of that, which wasn't what they were known for as much as <laughs> the subversive anti-Vietnam stuff. But I love the yo-yoing, and that didn't happen at the insurance convention, so I was kind of like bummed out. By that would have been really sad too if it went no yo-yoing. No yo-yo. Blaine, do you know the first comic you saw? Uh. The first one I saw on the show, a real show, it was uh, Bill McCuddy, a local Baltimore MC. The middle was Jonathan Katz, and the headliner was Rita Rudner. Whoa! And nice. next, next week I did my first week, but the first time I got, I saw like a comedy show. I was four years old. It's one of my earliest memories. My parents and their friends, the Gervins, we went to Longs Park in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Amish country, and uh, a big outdoor amphitheater to see Red Skelton. Oh, wow. And uh, I remember we were on this towel. I was a little kid, may, may, just early stuff. And uh, I could, I remember I couldn't see, so I just went up and I somehow went up and I was sitting on the stage. <laughs> I was just sitting on kind of the stage right off to the side. And, and the audience Red, like, and Red's okay up there yeah. performing and there's a huge crowd of people. We've been there all afternoon. And I just remember, because I couldn't see, I couldn't hear him. People in the way being dicks. And uh, I just so I'm sitting on the edge of the the stage and I'm just sort of looking at him and he looks over. I remember he looks over and he sees me and he he says something. Ah, the crowd laughs and he comes over and he says some stuff to me and I I don't remember what it was. I remember some exchange and I set, must have said something and the, uh, and he goes ah and the whole crowd laughs and uh, uh, and he leans over and he pats me on the head and there's this weird round of applause. And then I see my mom. There's all this commotion. And my mother comes over and she's, Give me my, that's, that's my son. I've been looking for him for a little while. And uh, uh, they hand, they, this guy grabs me and hands me to my mom. And uh, so, But I just remember when. Just, so that was also your first gig as well as your first. Yeah, yeah. I just You crushed. I just remember thinking the whole time, like uh, I'm sitting on the edge and I'm looking up at this guy. I'm think, and uh, I hear him laughing. I'm like, man, I'm funnier than this guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, how much time is he doing? What am I going on? Uh, I hope no. I don't get bumped by Jimmy Tingle. <laughs> Hello, check, check, check two. I got bumped so hard by Jimmy Tingle in Boston one night. I'd driven up. <laughs> driven up with my girl, drove up with my girlfriend Beth with no place to stay to showcase at Catch a Rising Star in Princeton. This was like must have been eighty eight, 
And uh, I drove up in a brand new Hyundai Excel I bought and then took back to the dealership and weaseled out of. But, but <laughs> so we you dr- got a free rental, basically. Out exactly, of- exactly. <laughs> we, uh, so we drive up, and uh, uh, we're supposed to do the showcase. And uh, the, the owner, Robin, I'm sorry if I'm babbling, this guy, no, Robin, no, no. guy Robin comes up and he goes, uh, hey, uh, they're going to be recording this local cable show. A bunch of comedians are going on, so we're going to have to push the start of the show back an hour. Is that cool? I'm like, yeah, yeah, no problem. It'll be great. I'll be, see all these local guys. I was very excited, very young. And, uh, uh, and then uh, like a bunch of guys go on, whatever. And then uh, the show starts, place is packed. Everybody's having a great time. And uh, he comes over. He goes, "Hey, uh, this guy, local guy, Jimmy Tingle, wants to go on. Do a little time. You mind if he could go on after him?" I was like, "Oh, I've heard of Jimmy Tingle." And uh, he was so coked out and drunk that he did an hour and a half and chased everybody out. Oh man! And uh, and then they bring me on. <laughs> And uh, the guy that was supposed to watch me was in the office the whole time yelling at Jimmy. Uh, yeah. And then I drove back with no sleep, and it was like a 28-hour round trip. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, the end. Sorry. You, you can, I'll give you some edit points. <laughs> <laughs> the Pope's a Nazi. <laughs> no, uh, the, the first comic I saw live was Tom Wilson, who's like this. Oh, yeah. He's Biff. super funny. No, 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 no. Not Tom Wilson. Tim Wilson. He's, he's on Bob and Tom a bunch. Uh, okay. From Iowa, Penguins Comedy Club. Bob, if you're on Bob and Tom, you're going to play that club. Uh, but the first person I remember was seeing on TV was Jim Brewer's Pulp Fiction. And that killed me. <laughs> wow, Jim Brewer. Like the funniest thing I'd ever seen. He's, he's a youngin'. He's, I always want to point that out for some reason. I don't know why. You're only 10 years younger than I am. But that's also always fascinating to me how how big of a gap 10 years can be right. in terms yeah. of first, what uh, your comedian I ever saw was uh, Louis C.K.'s hilarious tour. Right, exactly. <laughs> I saw Bill Hicks. I knew Bill when he was on drugs, and I knew Bill when he was off drugs. Which was I better. Saw- they were both kind of kind of cool. You could talk to him when he was off drugs. Right. The, the thing that he would, get, he would get sweaty and threatening. It was sweatening. When I was when I was watching comedy for the first, or, I was thirteen when Comedy Central first formed. So I was like, that was when I was watching tons of TV, and I saw all of those shows, like the A List, Stand Up, Stand Up, Short Attention Theater, all those things. And uh, when I when I first saw the Tool album that had the tribute to Bill Hicks inside yeah. of it, I was like, wait, the Bill Hicks who I saw on the A-list doing kind of like jokey jokes? Yeah. Because some of his material was regular. He's a comedian. Exactly. And I didn't know he was also known as this subversive uh, oh, hero cool. to the underground of comedy. I thought he was like one of these guys, just like everybody else I'd seen, like a reader runner or whoever else, because like, he had those jokes that were joke jokes, you know? It was yeah. really weird. It was like I you tried to describe to people, but I, like, I remember the guys that owned Charm City back in the 80s. They were like, hey, this guy, Bill Hicks, is coming and You've got to see Bill. He's fucking, he's the best. So I would go in, the place would pack out, and you can't describe to people now what it was like. People would literally get up and leave in disgust because they were wow. so so offended. Oh, people man. would get up and storm out, wow. demand their money back, and scream at them and fuck you, motherfucker. Just it was crazy. It, it, that doesn't to, hap- to that see, doesn't happen anymore. And they came to see him. You think that they were just happened to be the audience? It was at it that was like, show. hey, it's a comedy show, okay. and this was I mean, this was uh-huh. like eighty eight, eighty nine. So they're expecting everyone to be kind of like you know wearing like jacket rolled up. Yeah, it's they want Wayne Cotter. You know, doing, hey, thanks, Dad. I never would have thought of a pile. You know, like doing goddamn comic, comic strip live jokes. Yeah. Well, like Frank Skinner, Watford Coliseum, that was my first proper show. That was the first one I remember, age 16. Um, but yeah, we should probably... Sorry, we should on. keep going on the science. And actually, sorry, sorry, let's give you another no, right no, no. point. Kill George Bush. <laughs> check three, check four, check five. Pope's a Nazi, Pope's a Nazi. Hitler you, Hitler you. Child molester, child molester, kill George Bush. 
cut out. Please uh, cut out the kill George. No, part. no, no. That stays. Uh, you, we're just going to splice that in with Alonzo Bowden's uh, rampage. Yeah, we the, talked. Uh, I didn't know about Alonzo Bowden's uh, backings, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I like politics." And he was like, "I'll tell you about." And he just went off. I was like, "I don't know what you're saying." It's funny because I think I checked out of all politics after the 2004 election, which is very lazy of me. But I was like, "Well, we reelected him. Okay, I'm going to stop even investing my time in trying to science." We gotta stick on the okay, science. I know. I'm sorry. Okay, my favorite volcano is Fuji. Thank you. Speaking because, of volcanoes, because it's because it's beautiful and tranquil. It has the uh, uh, the power and majesty underneath it sleeping, and it was also the name of the dog uh, owned by the Jetsons in the animated series. Wait, Fuji or not? Was? Not the uh, the Jetsons, the Osmonds. Oh, okay, oh, okay, okay. I was like, I thought it was it was their it was their racist dog in the animated. Osmond there was an show. animated Osmonds show. Yes, it was a. Uh, <laughs> It was sort of Let's like it's like the uh, the Jackson Five animated show. I didn't know that Saturday Saturday either. morning. Yeah, this look it up. A, look it up. This is all true, and I am a doctor. This is as shocking as when I first learned about that live action Ghostbusters series that predated <laughs> the movie Ghostbusters with the gorilla and the what? Oh yeah, uh, uh, we're the Ghostbusters. I'm Spencer. He's Tracy. I'm Kong. They're the Ghostbusters. They called Spencer Tracy together. It's the weirdest. Yeah. It's Spencer Tracy and Kong. It was like the way that Mother Jugs and Speed aren't the ones you would expect them to be either. Or Mother. That Gis- wasn't Sunny. That was Cher. Okay, anyhow, this kind of ties in with volcanoes because I'm convinced that volcanoes are the real thing to be scared of, but still people are worried that we're going to have some kind of outbreak-style virus that will kill us all, such as the the version of the bird flu strain we discussed a few months back. Guys, That's right. Remember? This was a story we, we covered a while ago where scientists have managed to create a strain of bird flu that has the contagion of regular flu. But, and it was, yeah, it, was air, it was an airborne transfer yeah. where it usually couldn't have been transferred that way. But the lethal qualities of bird flu, and then there was a stop on this research being put out on the on them publishing their findings while they investigated it. So what's happened they, now? What's- they've decided let's just let's just go public with the findings on our research on making a virus that could end the human species via an airborne transmission. Let's just go ahead and publish the findings and how we turn this virus into an airborne transmissible one, which seems like a little bit of a risky prospect, but. Uh, I prefer uh, my flu by manual transmission because I like to be con- more connected to the car. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like an it reminds me I'm on the road that I'm driving that I'm free. <laughs> so any uh, flying like a bird. This this research paper by Wisconsin researchers uh, detailed how to make an airborne version of the H5N1 avian influenza virus, and it's finally making its public debut. H- wait, H5N1? <laughs> yes. Why? Oh God! So, can you spell that? <laughs> Can you use it in pass uh, <laughs> origin please <laughs> so Le- letters this virus kills more than half of the people that it infects but the virus doesn't spread from person to person and revised versions of, of both research groups' papers make it clear that airborne contagious versions of the virus made in the lab don't retain the killing capacity of the original avian flu so in March the advisory panel revised its decision to allow full pu- publication of both studies um, let's see. And in the nature study, what's your horoscope? <laughs> researchers led by Yoshi, Yoshihiri Kawaoko of the University of Wisconsin-Madison created a hybrid my virus. My favorite volcano. <laughs> <laughs> that is mostly an H1N1 that virus. That guy doesn't stick out in Madison, Wisconsin at all. <laughs> Not at all. By the way, uh, another tangent. Have you guys seen the Up Series movies? 
at all? Seven up, 14 up? Oh, yes. Or seven and yes. seven? Yeah. Oh, this is where they tra- trace the same family or the same group of people through right from birth. Through. Right. That's the one where all the balloons he attaches to his house. <laughs> yes, every, exactly. Every, yes, Ed that's Asner. the one where, uh, uh, with uh, Vera, uh, what's her face, and George Clooney. <laughs> I was thinking of uh, was, Up in the Air. I was confused Up and Up in the uh, Air, and away we go, and yeah. Too many in the same year. Of that I, like, kind of I stuff. liked Up in the Air. It was good. So, uh, Wait, so Up in the Air is the one with the traveling salesman? Yeah. Yeah. Now that that girl, the fast-talking young one who can't figure out how to get through security kind of bugs me. But. Yeah, you know, I was like, oh, she's a good actress, and she's in all the Twilight movies, and I was like, ah, I've spoke too soon. Mm-hmm. So, right. so this how-to so guide. Anyhow, so, so they By the published- way, one of the worst movies ever. Up in the Air? Oh, I'm sorry. Ooh, I want to talk about this after off the air. Yes. Uh, oh, so let's this, get into it. You hated it for real? <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's get back to swine flu. Were you were or you up for flu. the George Clooney part, Blaine? Pope is Pope's a Nazi. <laughs> Pope's a Nazi. Child molesting Pope Nazi. So anyhow, sorry, Trolley's here to take us back into the world of make believe. <laughs> meow, meow. Big freshly baked cookies. Meow, meow. <laughs> With medical marijuana, meow, meow. Or my rheumatoid arthritis, meow, meow. Somehow the meow, meows always seem superfluous. Like the message was still conveyed without them. You could have just not talked during those points. It's a verbal tick. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, uh, they, they can't fight their instincts. Yeah. <laughs> Even cats, cats speak English. It's like, you know, being able to sign what you're saying at the same time. <laughs> By the way, cats, I'm with you. <laughs> All right, so... I don't know how. Sorry, we're talking about the avian no. flu. Yeah, so they created a hybrid virus. It's mostly an H1N1 virus, which was the one that caused the 2009 pandemic. Um, Great mileage. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the researchers replaced a protein called hemagglutinin, the H in H5N1 and H1N1, in the swine <laughs> flu virus with the H5 version from the avian flu virus. Um, and flu viruses use hemagglutinin to latch onto and invade animal and human cells. And they and tested this combination virus in ferrets. By itself, the virus didn't spread from ferret to ferret through the air, but making just four genetic changes in the H5 protein allowed the virus to spread between ferrets through airborne droplets. This, I mean, it does sound like the kind of bad idea cut and shut job. It, it sounds like the size equivalent of when rednecks stick like a jet engine onto the back of a mini <laughs> <laughs> and then fire themselves into the back edge of a cliff. <laughs> what could go wrong hey, Seems good to me. with putting a human brain <laughs> in this swamp buggy? Oh, man. Oh, no. Magic lightning. What are the odds of that happening on Freaky Friday with this <laughs> comet going overhead? I don't know who whose body did I switch into? Are you the swamp buggy? No, you're the oh, you're the swamp thing tree. Who's the guy? Wait, where's the governor? <laughs> All right, All right here which we go. camera am I in? Am I in two? You sw- you switch bodies with anybody? Who's it going to be? Matt, who are you switching bodies with? Freaky Friday, Matt Kirshen, and oh, oh, hang on, it's a good question. Mr. Bean, no one knows the difference. <laughs> let me help you out, Matt. Let me help you out. Don't just go with someone whose life you want to have. Go with someone who's got a better life than you, but is a friend of yours so you guys can work out how to live in each other's shoes. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, don't go right. too big. Sounds because like then... Andy knows who he wants. No, Andy, just, who are you picking? I'm just thinking out loud, like, how I'm going to pick it. Because you don't want to just say, like, George Clooney or something, because, like, George is going to be stuck in your body. He doesn't know a thing about you. And he yeah, might also, fuck I, like, up I don't want to see George Clooney butchering my material. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, whoever okay. whoever swaps with me has got to do my gigs. Yeah, you got to find a, just a better version of you who still right. has similarities. Who, who are you switching with? I don't know, who's a, 
who is a better version of me? Where to start? Oh God, um, Andy. I mean, I guess Springsteen <laughs> is kind of like the like the one level up for Jesus me. Christ. Okay, Blaine, here's 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 the pitch. All right, uh, frat jock gets a free tour of the White House on The Price Is Right, and uh, he goes in, and when he's shaking Obama's hand, magic lightning, <laughs> comet, Cupid, whatever you want, there happens to him. The guy switches bodies with Obama for an hour, and he's just some crazy frat jock, and, uh, and he just like buys a Corvette and eats a lot of ice cream and tries to, you know, tries to fuck Heather Locklear or something. Those sound like and we, we, and a- Andy Dick has already expressed some interest, and uh, uh, we just attached uh, who's that girl? Stocker Channing from Corvette Summer. No, wait, I'm thinking of Annie girl? Potts. Stocker Channing. She was uh, Rizzo in Greece. I know. All right. <laughs> that girl. I feel like a defective typewriter. Why is that? Mr. I skipped the period. period. Sorry. That sounds like stuff Obama would already do. Buy a Corvette, eat ice cream, and try to bang Heather Locklear? Like, You're thinking of Biden. Uh, <laughs> we'll be right back with more NBC Nightly News. Uh, all right, oh all right Matt, you got to have an answer for me. Let's go. What are you doing? Just... Okay. I'm going to switch to Ben from Ben and Jerry. All right. I'll take it. Andy. I'm, I'll just go with uh, um, you know your your basic your uh, your, your you know your 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 go to obvious body switch. The person we're all thinking of clearly is the who I'd go to. The you know does it even have to be said at this point? <laughs> does it even have to be said? Yeah, it does need to be said right now. Does it really? Okay, because so you know right it's now. just it's okay. So Andy's going for Bonnie so, Tyler. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> does it rhyme with uh, uh, Rupert Holmes? <laughs> just who are you picking, Andy? What are you doing? Good God, um, 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 this is just a ton of pressure because like it's a little bit, it's a little bit homoerotic. You're out of here. It's a little uh, bit to, to say that you want to switch with someone is a little bit like saying like no, it's not. Just pick a person. I mean, okay, can I pick opposite gender? Does that have to be your own? Yes, go ahead. I still, I still don't have an answer. It's your Freaky Friday. So Andy's Bonnie Tyler. All right, we'll come back. Yes, Bonnie Blaine, Tyler. Who are you switching bodies with? I'm switching uh, bodies with uh, that girl that works at the coffee shop that I want to fuck so hard. Oh, I mean, I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> so that when you switch back, there's a signed contract that you wrote, notarized. Yeah. I figure, I figure the switch lasts for a day, and I just uh, hole up someplace. Right. I'm switching. <laughs> I'm switching. That's based on my Robin Hitchcock fandom. I'm switching with uh, Rowan Atkinson, so I could have his fame and still go do all Matt's gigs without anyone knowing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> That's a good one. All right, Andy, who do you who are you doing? Fine, I'm doing Brooks. Once he switches with Rowan Atkinson, and then like it's a double switch, and oh. then suddenly okay. I'm actually controlling Rowan Atkinson, but you think you're controlling him. I'm not controlling anybody. I'm just in Rowan Atkinson's body. No, no, but I have once you switch with him, I've switched again. So you're actually controlling me. Oh no, I mean you're. I'm controlling Rowan Atkinson, uh. but I can pretend that I'm just listen. Whatever I do with Mr. Bean is Brooks's so fault I because get, Brooks is. Wait. So I get switched of- and I still have to do this goddamn podcast. I'm still going to have to come. Well, you're in sitting do- in this seat, but now the, ah. the difference is you are a person who doesn't have good answers to your spot oh, on man. questions. All right. Hey, hey can, uh, can I change mine to the girl that works at the big boy? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about her. I, I'm, uh, I'll be I'll be her until the comet comes back. By the way, wh- what is who owns Big Boy in this part of the country? Is there a Big Boy out here? Jaylen. Yeah, there's one up on a uh, there's one up on in North Hall. No, in Burbank. In Burbank, Jaylen. where all the hot where all the hot rods it, go. All is, the hot riders go on the weekends. What so is you the can possi- see street rods? What's the possessive in front of it? Because where I grew up in Michigan, it was the Elias Brothers Big Boy. In some parts of the country, it's Bob's Big Boy. This is Bob's. Oh, so Bob's is everywhere now. Is that 
are there multiple? Yes. You know how it's like Carl's. Don't you Carl's... know we're all Bob's now? <laughs> okay, I'm Here. gonna. Be, you've got your Carl's Touch Jr. My and your Hardee's. You've got your you've got your Hellman's and you've got your uh, best foods. Okay, I'm Bob. gonna cut off this political okay. mumbo jumbo. Sorry. And um, uh, here's the next story. Um, and this is I mean it's kind of sad. This is a this is a words and mathematics story. Um, a group of uh, mathematicians at Dartmouth College in Hanover, New Hampshire, who conducted the first large-scale stylometric analysis of literature. So, And what they found out is that the thing that's the most indicative of writing styles uh, you can use to compare p- writers of a similar style of writers who are inspired by each other are the content-free words, uh, which are words with seemingly little meaning, such as to and that. The amount you use those and the regularity you use those links how of, how kind of related and how inspired your writing style is. Which in turn has Makes shown that people, sense. Which, which in turn, by the way, has shown that people um, are more inspired by their contemporaries than they are by the classics, by literature. Your writing style, writing styles nowadays are more similar to the people you're who are writing at the same time as you than they are well, that completely the people makes who sense. are directing. As comedians, that's what we do too. I'm not trying to fucking mimic Gallagher. Well, I know that every time I do a Carlos Mencia chunk, I feel like uh, I feel like I'm really paying tribute to something that I love, something that I came from. Brooks. No, I, no, I would think that like it's like if uh, like I was talking about Lord Corrette before we started the show tonight, and he's got such an infectious like meter to his voice. Yeah, I can't, that by the end of the yeah. week, you find yourself talking like him. I can't listen to Hedberg before I do stand up. Well, I I might be able to now, but when I first started, and I would, that's all I listened to. I drive like an hour to a gig listening to like all his his CDs, and then show up and be like, "Hey, what's up?" And then I'm like, "God, no, you can't do that." It's no. like the time I drove. Eddie Pepitone to <laughs> Reno for five shows and had to room with him. It was a very long week with a lot of spittle. But I learned how to tuck my tie into the front of my pants. <laughs> I just did a show with Eddie on Monday. and I, Brilliant. I he's love, so funny. He's so funny. He's I so also funny. love how his offstage persona is so much different from on stage. He's, he's really calm and apologetic. And I, I, and I had no idea. Backstage. I had no idea he was that gay. Either. <laughs> he's really gay. I mean, his, his uh, wife slash boyfriend that he adopted to get around the legal shit. Have you met him? Milt? <laughs> Milt's crazy. So all I, think your- he, I think he met him in Denmark at some fucking weird, like, power... power Anderson like- <laughs> convention. Yeah, something having to do with skates. <laughs> so, Matt, all your science story is saying is that uh, people tend to mimic their contemporaries. But, but also, this I mean, the, the more interesting bit for me is, how is you, this bit... How you see what matches them Yeah, up. is yeah, this bit... Uh, these so. content-free words, how indicative they are of writing style... Um, uh, Daniel Rockmore, who's one of the mathemati- who's the mathematician who was behind this thing, said, uh, "While two authors might use the same words to describe a similar event, they'll use content-free syntactic syntactic glue, as he puts it, to link their words in a different way, and that's what has a greater effect than the actual word, the actual nouns and verbs." In terms of yeah, you're right. Well, so. It, so it's not a matter of eschewing surplusage; it's a matter of how you eschew your surplusage. <laughs> I, that's exactly how he put it, which is weird. So I guess you guys were influenced around yeah. the same time. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, sort of, uh, kind of along the same lines, but but maybe not really. But uh, I heard a thing where they would record people giving speeches, and they would edit out all the words, and they would listen to your breath and your intake and your oh. and your non-word and pi- noises. 
is the pitch the, of what the you're pitch saying? of everything, and they would play it back, and that was that was more of a of a fingerprint of of the person's actual personality. People were hesitating a lot. You would hear people stopping and stammering. People that were very confident had very yeah. few weird breaths and stuff. So when you listen to the words between what the content is, that that really is. <laughs> I feel like you could you could take. Oh, audio but I haven't of... made a joke in a while. Fart. <laughs> No, I, I like, bet you could take audio from co- uh, comedians and do the same thing and just have no words but have the pitch and the me- like have everything except for the actual content of what they're saying and I bet you could place a lot of where they're from. I bet you could place like New York, LA, Chicago comics like cuz there's a lot of like Brooks, I see a lot of similarities uh, among the Chicago people that came up in the Chicago scene as far as like sort of meter and 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 tone Yeah, there's there's to- a similar rhythm between like people at like- like P. Holmes, Brunger, uh, Kumel. Yeah, I think Burns, Kanane, you, Bridenstine, you guys have, have a certain, like, if you took out the words and just listened to the, the tone, the sing-songiness of what you're saying, All right. I don't you know. don't like this anymore. No, I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, I only lived in Chicago for like a short time, so I feel bad being saying I came from Chicago. But don't you feel like you don't think you have roots? And I feel like when I hear you do stand-up, I, I see you're part of uh, like a, the Chicago milieu of... Okay, well, I'll take it because I like Chicago. Yeah, they're they're funny. I'm comparing you to Kanane and Bronger and these great comics. Yeah, no, it sounds fun, guys. I'll take it. Uh, I will take it. Um, did I tell you? Have I told the story about Gallagher heckling an open mic in, in yeah, here yet? Maybe you didn't tell it on, on the show. But. On the show, <laughs> just like what he just hits a guy with a sledgehammer. No, no. He sh- this is what happened, guys. I was ho- I hosted open. I worked quickly, worked my way up the ranks, and got to host the open mic at Penguins in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Gallagher was scheduled for Friday, Saturday. He showed up on Wednesday, unannounced. He's like, I just. Found a cheap flight. And we were like, we paid for your flight. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, so he showed up on Wednesday. We have an open mic. I'm like, oh, my God, Gallagher. Amazing you're here. We're just starting the open mic. We'd love to have you come do some time on it if you would like. And he's like, no, I get paid to do comedy. And I was like, all right, that sounds fine to me. And then the open mic started and he didn't leave. He sat down in the back and just started heckling. <sighs> All the open micers, like, but giving them tags like they'd hit a joke, and then you just hear in the back, no, 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 <laughs> try this way. <laughs> and he would give them all tags on their jokes. Oh. And so, like, I was the host, I went to the back, I'm like, listen, Gallagher, we're so happy you're here. Would you like to come on stage? And he's like, I told you, I don't do open mics. And I was like, all right. Stop shouting at the comedian. He's like, all right, I'm done. And then like 10 minutes later, no, no. <laughs> they refused to get on, but just proceeded just to shout. Everyone's really new in this. Is- yeah. You guys are getting a free master class, courtesy exactly- of Gallagher. Yeah, he yeah, was like, I'm yeah. teaching you how to do it. Ugh. Like, you're no, man. Uh, and then he also told me, he's like, how long have you been doing comedy? I was like, uh, two years. I think I'm good. He goes, two years in a comedy. I'd already invented Sledgematic, made a million dollars. Like, he's a jerk. Yeah, you were also on Merv. <laughs> Uh, Which was a street drug in the 1980s, if you guys don't yeah, know. Yeah, everybody was Merv on Merv in the, in the yeah. 80s. All right, we'll, we'll move on to the, uh, my next topic, which is uh, color-changing artificial muscles make the wearer disappear. So scientists have created a soft, stretchy artificial muscle that can blend with its environment at the flick of a switch, mimicking the camouflage abilities of squid and zebrafish. And a new study detailed in the current issue of the <laughs> journal Bioinspiration and Biomimetics... A team showed how the achievement might be used to weave smart clothing that can make their wearers seem disappear, a la Predator. Ooh. I wonder what it takes Ooh. to set up a new scientific journal. Have people start submitting. <laughs> squat on a website, I think. Yeah. Um, so- uh, by the way, Predator, uh, Jesse Ventura played a guy named Blaine. Oh, he did? Ooh. 
Any, movie, the, movie Blaine. Is that the first time that your name was given kind of credibility as a masculine? No, it was uh, Pretty in Pink. That was a big one. <laughs> and uh, and then Waiting for Guffman later. We're big Blaine. Big Blaine movies. Well, I, get, I get a, yeah, you're not a, you're not, that's not a name. That's a small appliance. I get that a lot. Biggest Brooks was the guy who hung himself in uh, Shawshank Redemption. Carves Brooks was here into the rafters. Kills himself. It's also part of a silly little brain teaser where you're shown this handwritten thing about this hunter who killed 13 rooks and was arrested. How could that be? But it's actually like it's a B. It's like he killed Brooks, not 13 rooks. Well, not me. Yeah. Not me. Um, no. Okay. So uh, this thing it is just that the team mimicked uh, the cells that these animals have that can camouflage themselves are called chromatophores. Um and what they do... C-H-R-O-M-A-T-O-P-H-O-R-E-S. Ding! With an E? Is there an E at the end? Does ding mean correct? No, ding means you made a mistake. It's correct. I don't know which one. Of course it was. I'm a champion speller. Okay. I can't. Was it form or four at the end? He spelled it right? P-H-O-R-E? Yeah, fours. Wow. I can't believe I pronounced it right. That's I'm more impressed with me pronouncing it correctly. You was, spelling it incorrectly helped me spell it I correctly. I was thinking of color forms, the things you put in the oven and they shrink up. And those are shrinky things. <laughs> kids playing with, was, with chloroforms. Here, kids. <laughs> Confusing chloroform and color forms was why I had no play dates as a kid. Like you want, the, hey, I'm telling you, if you want to borrow my chloroform, go ahead and knock yourself out. <laughs> oh, bing. Uh, okay, so here's how they change. A typical color-changing cell in a squid has a central sac containing granules of pigment. The sac is surrounded by a series of muscles, and when the cell is ready to change color, the brain sends a signal to the muscles and they contract. The contracting muscles make, a cent- make the central sacs expand generating the optical effect which make which makes the squid look like it's changing colors so, so how many different colors can these muscles change into it's just like one or it's this is, choosing between two two this shades is what, this is what it says our, our either midnight blue <laughs> or fiesta red calls it it's still only like regular camouflage and street camouflage like that's all it does uh, our, our british racing green yeah. british racing green would be awesome our, our blue this, metal flake uh, what, I would have like a totally bitchin like a like a, uh, a Frazetta airbrush thing on my back. <laughs> What's a Frazetta airbrush? Frank Frazetta. He was the dude that would uh, do all the uh, Conan the Barbarian type stuff. It was either oh, him or the yeah. brothers. Hild- well, Hildebrandt brothers did more of the just movie posters. You're saying yeah, basically? Yeah, yeah, Frazetta was the guy that did all the muscle, like the Molly Hatchet oh, cover okay. guy. Oh, cool. He was great. Uh, on the side of a van near you, Frank Frazetta. <laughs> Uh, so this is what they say about it. our artificial chromatophores are both scalable and adaptable and can be made into artificial into an artificial complement skin, which can stretch and deform yet still operate effectively. This means they can be used in many environments where conventional hard technologies would be dangerous. For example, the physical interface with humans, such as smart clothing. So basically, they're just looking for a military application for this. That's the only oh, possible absolutely. reason. It will get made because it might help kill people. Yeah. So that's well, of what, course, it'll uh, it'll subject people to more sperm whale attacks. That's for sure. <laughs> Hope so. So uh, I'm still not quite clear on why changing your muscle color, unless you have translucent no, skin. No, what they because I would think that the muscles uh, force uh, color sacs to the surface. They're artificial muscles you would put on clothing over your body. Yeah, and it would probably be but like electrical the- impulses. That's the way my suit works. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> okay, I get it. But no, but in the, in the squid Don't they're studying, is it skin it. transparent? Is that why it works for the squid that they're talking about? That's what they were saying. This exists 
in nature in this squid. Yeah, right? because squids are transparent. It. That's okay. Yeah. So that's how. Okay. And and I think it, there's some sort of cuttlefish that has a. Uh, I forget what the fish is, but it has a a very. Uh, it's almost like an LCD screen, and it uses that as really uses that as a very very effective. I mean, I think that was like that was sort of like the gateway technology into this whole thing. You yeah. know, the the way marijuana leads directly to heroin every time. Or it did for me in a couple of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> You get stoned. Oh man, I just. We've all been at that party where someone's like, "You want some pot or some heroin?" Yeah. Well, I'll go with the heroin. It sounds like uh, uh, Wonder Woman. <laughs> She's a heroin. All right, I'm uh, gonna inject Wonder Woman into my eye. She's got a truth lasso. She's got a lasso that makes you tell the truth. Um, She's got an invisible jet, or she does on my upskirt website. Oh. <laughs> Visit uspostalservice.gov. <laughs> Um, Let's save the plugs for the end of the show. Um, uh, this last story is 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 something that harkens back to the your Andy's last story, not last story. The I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry. My last story, my second story of the evening. Um, I'm hoping this brings out something in Brooks because uh, Blaine, you might not know this, but Brooks is a master of voices. As long as those voices are uh, Asian and a little bit racist, um, I'm good at ra- racist Asian voices. <laughs> You're doing my act. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, it turns out... Good Gary, Miss Mari. Uh, uh, Goran. Confucius say, talk to hand, because Confucius not listen. According to ScienceDaily.com, um, infants begin to learn about race in the first year. Did you guys know that? Would you have guessed that? Results of a new study reported recently by psychology researcher Lisa Scott and colleagues at the University of Massachusetts Amherst confirmed that although infants are born with equal abilities to tell apart people within multiple races, by age nine months, they are better at recognizing faces and emotional expressions of people within groups they interact with most. It sounds like they're more facist. Oh. Facist and racist. I think we need to stop buying the dinosaur earlier. We need to get them exposed to Barney the dinosaur. Oh, so they're more open to... Purple. purple people purple people and, and you know all my, the colors. my dog freaked out it was probably three before it ever saw a black person because we lived in iowa and i brought over my uh, black friend and my dog went crazy like somebody like just screaming and ran into the really just like tuck, wow. tail tucked like arr, 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 ran into the kitchen and hit in the corner and i was my friend was like what the fuck man <laughs> like what are you teaching your dog and i was like i don't know man <laughs> this is terrible yeah, apparently the research suggests that throughout the first year of life, babies are developing highly specialized perceptual abilities in response to important people in their environment, such as family members. And this focus of attention to familiar groups of people compared to unfamiliar groups is hypothesized to be the root of later difficulties some adults have in identifying and recognizing faces of other races. So this might explain why racist white dudes are like, yeah, I can't tell them apart, whatever they are, whatever different race from them they're talking about. So why would this like mean racist thing? I would never do a racist voice based. I do my fun Asian voices based off of like nuclear radiated monkeys, not on like racist mean babies. Wait, what? Remember the last time I did the racist stuff was because uh, <laughs> monkeys were they were using monkeys to to um, oh, tell, that's, the, tell the radiation in Fukushima. That's a lot better than the what I thought you're about to. Say. <laughs> like, oh I'm uh, no, I'm talking about. I use my racist voice just to do the voice of like monkeys. <laughs> oh geez, no, no, no. I'm saying the last time I brought it out was because they were they put radiation colors on the native monkeys to the Fukushima oh, yeah. power plant. Okay, that makes it okay then. Everything's good. Oh, it's a fine event. <laughs> Thank you. There it is. It's there a good. it is. 
There it is. Anyhow, so this is similar to how babies learn language, apparently. Um, early in infancy, babies do not know yet which sounds are meaningful in their native language, so they treat all sounds similarly, but as they learn the language spoken around them, their ability to tell apart sounds within other languages declines and their ability to differentiate sounds within their native language improves. So I guess there's a, a sort of narrowing of focus in the first year of life in a lot of ways that lets you focus on the things that are most commonly presented to you and that will therefore make you make it more difficult for you to distinguish things that weren't introduced to you in so that like time. Even at that early age, your brain's kind of going like, he's never going to be a scientist. Just give him a hammer. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's go around the room here. Matt, racist or not? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm going to go, yes, Matt is racist. Well, he's British, so... I'm not racist, but I choo- I would like to, like, I'd like to be racist. It's a good goal. <laughs> so, so you're it's, it's racist curious. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to give it a try for a minute. I was racist in college, yeah, but, you I know, I was drunk. Bit, Who wasn't? That doesn't count. Uh, I think it is kind of true about the uh, starting, you know, starting very early because, uh, uh, I mean, it was hard for me to overcome because of, of where I'm from. My my mother's uh, uterus was in a really bad neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> if you, you know what I'm talking about when I say them, right? <laughs> so uh, so that, that's, uh, that's, I think, the big problem. But uh, I think as far as... as, has, far it been, as uh, has it been gentrified? Since. Yeah, there's a Jamba Juice in there now. There's a. They, I think they just opened another Chase branch. Why would you need another Chase branch? There's one already in there. And then once uh, the hips uh, just move in. Yeah, there's an H and M, and uh, and there's a Croc kiosk on the outside. But okay, I'm so sick of Crocs. And they forced out the appendix when that's where it was from. It was fr- it was living there first, and now I can't even afford. Well, and to now play. it was a Pinkberry for a while, and now I think it's another goddamn shoe store that's going to uh, close. I I saw uh, you, Blaine, um, at Tiger Lily on Monday. Do they really put eggs in the Orange Julius? Is they that do. What it is? They do. It turns it into a life or death smoothie. <laughs> I could. There's going to be a, some sort of horrible thing in there. But it, it's, that was a it, trivia question recently. That it, it used to have egg or egg white, but I don't think it does anymore. Yeah, I think it's like an egg white thing and it, it's like a, a it, it whips it up more of a meringue like a like an egg I've cream had, i've had some egg white cocktails some of them are good yeah yeah pisco yeah. pisco sour I orange julius are really delicious good. i'm in i like yeah it. it's not like they crack two of them in and you chug them like rocky or anything <laughs> that's why I, like but I get i get mine over easy <laughs> and a little you know a little uh, a little guacamole and some pico de gallo am i pronouncing that Pike, right yeah, that's exactly it yes. Dude, i was in Do a I was in a mall a few weeks ago looking for, uh, like, I like these Asics Gel Keanos. I used to sell shoes, but I know that as soon as the new series comes out, the other old one drops by, like, $70. So I just went and I was like, do you have, like, the old Asics Gel Keanos? And the dude was like, no. I was like, is there another shoe store here? He goes, can't talk about it, dude. Don't talk, can't talk about the competition. I go, are you fucking kidding me? In this footlocker, you have a referee jersey on, but you're so passionate. Listen, I would tell you. where the Yellow card. Yeah, he plays by the rules. That's why he's wearing that. I can't tell you. And then I went up to somebody else. I went directly across and I go, hey, where's the finish line in this mall? And the guy, he just goes, there's a map around here somewhere, dude. Just I was, I hate fucking mall. That's great. But then again, that's exactly how it'd be. Anytime I ask somebody how they're doing and it's happened a couple of times when they just go, I'm fucking working. I'm like, I like you. I like you a whole bunch of Subway employees. I appreciate your honesty. Yeah, yeah. It's fair enough. Do you guys want to know how they did this study to determine that the babies became racist? Are you curious how that went? I don't know. Uh, Doesn't matter. Parachuted them into New York at midnight, <laughs> and they had to eat their way out. Oh wait, I'm thinking of Snake Plissken. <laughs> He's a baby, right? 
It's a baby with an eye patch. It's an unfortunate early life that he had. It was tough. Oh, I don't know. I think a life baby with an eye patch is adorable. It's pretty cute. It's So how how did they how did so they discover they this? They would each infant came to the lab with a parent, obviously, I would hope, uh, for a one hour <laughs> session. See you later, mom. <laughs> Slam. <laughs> Now uh, to these, like, <laughs> pick me up after yoga. Moments for Text science, okay? When you're Back done. off. So they would show up uh, for this one-hour session that included showing infants a picture uh, of uh, or pictures of faces and having them listen to sounds while uh, their looking time and brain activity were recorded. And 48 Caucasian infants with little to no previous experience with African American or Black individuals participated in this study infants completed two tasks the first was designed to assess their ability to tell the difference between two faces within their own race and two faces within another unfamiliar race and the second was they have to get across this platform into the cage of death and find turbo tina (laughs) (laughs) then they were placed in human hamster balls and um forced around baby gladiators so, yeah, they had to deter, uh, assess their ability to t- tell the difference between two faces within their own race, two faces within another unfamiliar race. For the second task, a net of recording sensors was placed on the infant's head to record brain activity while they viewed own race and other race emotion faces, like happy and sad, that either matched or did not match a corresponding emotion sound, such as laughing and crying. And consistent with previous reports, five-month-old infants were found to equally tell apart faces from both races, whereas nine-month-old infants were better at telling apart two faces within their own race. So nine-month-olds are racist. And people older than that age are racist forever. It's they, when they were doing the study, it was nice. They also doubled up with their traumatizing babies with headgear research. <laughs> so they managed to get two uh, studies out of this for the price of one. It was one. too expensive to do them independently, yeah. Yeah, gotta... thanks, taxpayers. All right, Matt. Yeah, um, well, here's a, here's a little uh, possible other life story. I was interested in places where life could occur. And simulations of conditions on Saturn's moon Titan has generated amino acids that might make the existence of Earth-like life possible. Um, so it turns out the conditions on the conditions on Titan are kind of good for creating life. They've got um, uh, even though it's methane heavy and it barely gets above a, minus one hundred eighty degrees C, um, it's. It's I'm not well, good. I'm not good. Uh, it, would that be like 30 Fahrenheit? Yeah, it's roughly, you know, the temperature you might get in the winter okay. in the Midwest. With the wind chill, it's probably like, you know, probably like 40 below or something. It's like uh, crazy, like going to like northern exposure. Okay. Uh, it's like a gig in Vancouver. <laughs> what would that be in Fahrenheit? It would be, I don't know. It would be at 32. Well, I mean, so it would be an even be, lower number. Yeah, it'd be like negative like two, like negative 300 or something. Yeah. But go ahead. Keep going. They uh, meet. I know the two scales meet at negative forty. Well, I know that negative two hundred and twelve Fahrenheit is negative boiling. <laughs> That's when stuff negative boils. <laughs> right, right, right. That's when solids start to yeah. boil. Yeah, it's up. like like ice uh, steam. It makes ice steam. It's really weird. They but they make it at this place down in Whittier. It's fucking. Oh, it's uh, so good. It's negative so two, good. It's negative two hundred and twenty Fahrenheit. Oh, there we oh. go. Um, so it turns out on Titan, the atmosphere is so thick that it filters out the sun's ultraviolet light, which can damage DNA molecules. So everybody um, has great skin. And with all those amino acids, can you imagine their hair? Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's got to be luscious. so luscious. Oh, good. Uh, and, and, yeah, they, uh, 
Here we go. Much of the stuff is tied in this pure panties. <laughs> Everyone just shakes their head in slow motion constantly on that planet. I'll only... And it makes it look like they're moving really fast. <laughs> yeah. So here's what they did. They Because um, much of the surface of Titan is covered by enormous wind-blown dunes of frozen hydrocarbon. Who books that? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, according to the article, to see where the static discharges <laughs> could uh, generate amino acids, uh, the, the team uh, filled a reaction vessel with polystyrene and glass beads coated with a thin layer of simple molecules containing carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen to mimic, to mimic Titan's hydrocarbon sands and then blasted the beads with cold nitrogen gas to give them a taste of Titan's bitter winters. And they began to spark. And even at temperatures well below zero degrees C, the energy was enough to kickstart a reaction that produced the amino acid glycine. Nearly wiping out the population of Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they've, sort of, they've sort of simulated some of the conditions on Titan in this lab. And it's produced basic chains of amino acids, which is the beginnings of building blocks of life. Cool. So does that mean... That's, that's very nice. Is, uh, the, is uh, the theory then that in some other solar system, some similar moon might have life? Or are they thinking that uh, this might actually mean that that moon itself They're thinking there's a possibility. It's never found... Preliminary. Various uh, probes have landed on it and they haven't found anything, but... Um, life is feisty. <laughs> Life's going to find a way. If you look at a sidewalk, you'll see a blade of grass pushing through the cracks. I, was I, that a combination? That's life. No, that a combination I, that's of- what you've got to think about. That's the kind of spirit you're up against. No, I like- it can live all over the place in a frozen wasteland. In Kirstie Alley's navel next to that weird stuff that smells when she gets it out of there with tweezers in the morning. This was just... That's life, guys. This was how... That was it's your... Spunky. Your audition for Jurassic Park, Jeff Goldblum's role. <laughs> no, that was Jeff Goldblum Firestein, I think, is what that was. Uh, I, got in a, I got in the telepod with Andy Dick, <laughs> and uh, now we're both in here. How he won't <laughs> shut up, he needs a ride. It's the worst. Where's that comet? Oh man. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll we'll do the we'll do the the historical uh, topic real quick, which is also topical. So history and current guys, it's pretty cool, is it? Not really. Uh, it's just that Venus is actually going to uh, transit across the sun on June sixth. She's leaving home. Bye bye. Well, okay. Uh, yeah. And Didn't we talk about this already? No, we haven't talked about this one yet. Oh, okay. Uh, no, so Venus just, is transiting, sorry. Venus is going to go across uh, the sun, and you, you'll be able to see it. The planet is 132nd the diameter of, a, of the sun, and its silhouette will appear as a black speck during its six-hour... On the sun. Hour, yeah, on prom on night, figures. <laughs> <laughs> when you say you can see it, presumably you're not meant to look straight at the sun. I remember no, that being it a bad said, thing. It says observers <laughs> must guard their eyes from the dangerous solar rays. Just yeah, by so, shielding it with a hand. Yeah, hold your hand up. But you can. But you <laughs> rose-colored glasses work too. Yeah, just squint, guys. Just squ- like if you if you mostly close your eyes, but just slightly open your eyes and just look straight at the sun, then it's fine. And you can see a uh, uh, sun stare. Sun stare. <laughs> yeah, I got to seven. That's Brian Regan's. Uh, like, how long? Brilliant. Stare at the sun. I got to nine. <laughs> uh, but this is important historically because this this event happens like every like hundred and forty years. Only and- once every Memorial Day. Prices are low. <laughs> you yep. can see it transit the sun. Uh, but in seventeen, it happens twice back t- within uh, um, eight years when it does happen. So this happened in like two thousand and four, and it's happening right now. And uh, this is important historically because when it happened in 1761 and 1769, that's they used 
easy okay science um that they used that data that they took with those transits to um uh figure out how far the distance the earth was from the sun so that's what they used and uh they actually had edmund haley so the haley's dude, comet haley's, haley's comet, comet haley's comet he uh um this is like a cool story where uh he issued a call in 1716 for scientists to fan out across the globe to witness the unusual alignment that would not occur until 20 years after his death. So of the very first flash mob. Yeah, exactly. So actually uh yeah. British ex- avenge me. <laughs> avenge me flash mob. Uh cap so British explorer Captain uh Cook and his crew went to Tahiti to um, make all the measurements. They were like People all over the globe made all the measurements for when it happened, and then they used all those measurements to see that we are one astronomical unit from the sun. What are the odds? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, it turns out we're one. It's it one. really well. Yeah. You exactly. know, they invented the sextant, which yeah. uh, uh, later uh, was reinvented by Larry Flint for the Hustler uh, exhibit. Wow. Wow. Um, if you want to wa- you can watch this, you can go to uh, www.transitofvenus.org. And you can also check out the www.skyoutside.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I'm going to play my favorite song of the week. It's Macho Man Randy Savage's tribute to Mr. Perfect. And that was recorded two years before he died. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's so weird. Really? And that was actually the chorus. Let's just get to the part where Macho is rapping. You can YouTube that. Uh, Perfect Friend by Macho Man Randy Savage. You can also YouTube Hulk Hogan's rap song, Beach Patrol. I recommend. <laughs> I just want to know who the fuck's going to make Macho Man's Macho Man friend. Now that he died. Blaine, do you like pro wrestling? I do a little bit. I think uh, I heard that Macho Man uh, went down and signed up with a Big Brother. They're going to pr- try to hook him up with a Big Brother, I think. That'll be good for him. Wait, in heaven? He's dead. Oh, I was thinking of the other Macho Man. <laughs> There's a lot of Macho Men in wrestling. Rock Hudson. Yeah, that was him. Yeah. I was thinking, you say Macho Man, I just think Rock Hudson. So, Blaine, you, you do actually do commentary for Lucha Vavum, which is Mexican luchador rex- wrestling, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it at all, is it entirely faithful to the Mexican heritage, or is it, does it owe a little bit to the American-style pro wrestling, or what's this? No, you show? know, uh, uh, I'm not a big American wrestling guy. I'm, I'm not. I'm not anti-wrestling, but the, I like Mexican wrestling and Lucha Libre more because it's more cartoony and uh, uh, there's, it's more aerial and more uh, performancey. Like, like I said, it's very cartoony. Yeah. So uh, it's more fun to watch and more acrobatic. It's, Do- not, it's, it's not, a, not as much of that weird macho veins in your neck stuff. It's not, it's not from a place of rage. It's from a place of tradition. They wear the masks and stuff. And do, they, like, do they speak? Really as they, I don't know much about it. Do they speak at all or do they just fight? Well, it depends on if they have characters. You know, they threaten each other and, you know, they have, they have their raps with the audience and stuff. It's, oh, okay. it's fun to watch. They all have, the, they all have their, their little shtick. I do, Is that I, what they call it? Shtick? <laughs> and then they do the wrestling skits. <laughs> so, yeah, go, go, and, go and check out Lucha Vavoom with... Blaine Capatch hosting and uh, yeah, Blaine. What else do you have? Uh, what is your Twitter? Blaine, at Blaine Capatch. I uh, yeah, I'm Blaine Capatch on Twitter, and uh, uh, I'm also uh, Grace Slick on weekends. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Blaine Capatch on Twitter. Follow me on uh, the Facebook. I'm also on Friendster and uh, AOL, <laughs> and uh, you can also see me on Smoke Signals. 
Oh, okay. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. excellent. I hear it's getting great reviews. Do you guys have any Lucha Vavum shows coming up in the LA area? Uh, we're do- yes, this weekend. Uh, uh, this isn't coming out for a little bit. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, uh, usually we do uh, we do runs. Uh, we'll do Cinco de Mayo. We do Cinco de Mayo show. We'll do a, a simultaneous show in Chicago as well. Oh. And, uh, and then we'll do a Halloween run, two or three nights in, on Halloween, and two nice. or three nights uh, on Valentine's week. And it's crazy. People, if you see it in Los Angeles, it's, I mean, I'm not plugging it. I don't want to plug it. I'm not a guy that plugs shows, but I, mean, it's, I can't right. believe I do it. It's every time. It's really something. It's something else. It's uh, the 2,000 people show up, and they're all Jesus. in costume. And wow. It's at the Mayan downtown, this amazing old theater. And, wow. You know, the girls that do burlesque in between. It's not like that. It's not bad, like, pussycat doll burlesque. It's like trapeze shit. Oh, cool. You know, wow. Big guns. It's fun. It's really something else. And then commentary will be done with, uh, this time it'll be Jeff Davis, but we do it with, uh, uh, we'll have Dana Gould and Tom Kenny and oh, you know, Patton's done it with me and stuff. And it's just, just a blast. Awesome. Sorry, sorry. That's awesome. No, no that sounds really good. we want you to tell the audience about yeah, uh, it. Good... I'm going to be at the Deer Tick concert on Cinco de Mayo uh, and then the Delta Spirit concert. So if you go to either of those. Guess where so I'm going to be. And this is going to be, uh, this is going to come out like more than a week after Cinco de Mayo. If you went to either of those. Guess what my roommate, former guest of the show, Jesse Case, guess what he got hooked up for this weekend? What? Somehow Nico Case of New Pornographers fame and he became internet friends because of their shared last name. Like somehow that's enough. Oh, yeah. Well, she knows a lot of comedians. I think she. she okay. I think yeah. she. Well, somehow she, she, she says she knows everybody but you. You know, talks what? about it that's, constantly. Mm, Talk about Nikki. It's a little uncomfortable, but uh, so somehow we have backstage or we have like you know like good tickets and passes to see Nico Case this Saturday, and then afterwards she's going to come out to see Jesse at the Improv. So we're gonna. I'm gonna. Watch Nico Case and then watch comedy with Nico Case. Wow. Well, possible cool. future probably science guest. Let's work on that. That's I'm a huge New Pornographers fan. Those guys are great. Yeah. Sounds good. We'll, we'll make it happen. Uh, yeah, and if we made any mistakes at all, uh, let us know. It's probably science at gmail.com. Hey, uh, let me plug something else because you guys always do it. Uh, the Tiger Lily at Gower Gulch every Monday night oh, of course. Uh, oh, yes. is, is a great comedy Flame show. Flame resident host. Yeah, you, you knocked him dead uh, the other night. Is, yeah. that how you, is that how you pronounce that? Night? I think, that's, that's I think I'm there. <laughs> You've done it. You've done it. It's, I think it's always a blast. I'll be there the night that this drops. Yeah, yeah. Please come by and see it. It's yeah. it's always always a blast. So you now uh, in perpetuity the host of the show. What's the what's the? Oh yeah, I just asked her to host it if I, if I'm around if I can do it. Awesome. I, I love you doing are, it. You are a great like it's it's a rare skill to have someone be both a great comedian and a great host, and you are both those things. If like, the I show if the show sucks, everybody suffers. So I try to keep the show moving and try to it's try to keep the keep it's everybody's spirits up. Yeah, so check him out, Blank Apache, anywhere you see him. I'll I'll, I'll plug the first thing ever on here. Uh, the the Friday this com- the week that this comes out that Friday at eight thirty, I'm doing a Montreal showcase, and it would be a delight to get to go. So you should come if you've never seen me do stand up at the Improv Lab at eight thirty. Oh, go and That's watch a great room. Go and watch Brooks. Yeah. Very funny man. And also towards the end of June, at some point, uh, I'm playing. I'm back in the delightful town of Sunnyvale. But I know we've got Rooster T Feathers. Rooster T Feathers. The T stands for hilarity. <laughs> <laughs> but I know we've got. I know we've got some proper scientists and techie people listening to us. If any of you live and work in the Silicon Valley or San Francisco or anywhere Bay Area, should come out and see me there. And yeah, that actually, room. we've never actually put out the call to the audience for this. But if anybody has an interest in having Brooks, Matt, and myself come and do a show, like, we'd be up for doing like yeah. a three-man, either a stand-up show or a live from. I smell a new cabin in the woods. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so hit us up if you think that would be something that you'd want to bring to your town. Is it too early to ask that? Town or of, college or anything like that. Yeah, for sure. Email sure. you everything probably probably science.com, probably science at Gmail. 
or at probably science on Twitter. Yep. All oh, of those. Right. And just, follow Blinker Patch. Or just call, call the, uh, uh, the Messiers. What's that? Sorry. We'll edit that out in post. M-E-Z-Z. Pope is Hitler. <laughs> Travel Esther Pope is Hitler. All right.